Have you noticed how much things have changed since you became a mum? Do you feel as though you're the only one struggling to adjust to this new norm? Can you no longer see clearly the things that felt so transparent before? Well friend, you are not alone, and we are here to invite you into our mummy village so that you always have somewhere to turn and a place where you belong. Together, we will try and bring to light the common struggles of the modern Orthodox mama and delve into scripture in the hope of navigating through all of our doubts on this new and exciting journey. So come as you are and open your heart and mind to embrace the transformation God has in store for you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Mami. Um, today we're going to delve into, straight into it, I guess, talking about parenting. Um, and we're going to talk about, I guess the topic is parenting through chaos. And it's kind of like I'm going to use all the buzzwords mindful parenting, purposeful parenting, all the stuff you hear, you read about, um, and we're going to actually delve into what that means, what that looks like, what that can look like in my life and how I can start implementing, I guess, some strategies or ways to parent gracefully (laughs) through (laughs) chaos, which sounds incredible and (laughs) I'm not an expert, so you're not going to get any advice from me, but we are so blessed to have Lydia with us. Um, Now, if anybody knows Lydia and some of you kind of recognize her voice when she comes on, she is like the ultimate boss mama you will ever meet. Um, She's a mom of two little ones. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lydia, but three and five-year-old. Perfect. Yes, yes. good. Um, She's an entrepreneur. She's got her own business. She's got a PhD in change implementation and behavior change. She lectures. She's a hobby enthusiast. I can go on and on and on. Um, And she has an Instagram page called Parenting Through Chaos, and basically it highlights the reality I guess of working parents with young kids um she also has a few other businesses on the side (laughs) again I could go on and on and on but thank you so much Lydia for joining us thank you for having me no problems it's going to be exciting and fun (laughs) um so I guess uh we'll delve straight into it but for me my questions all revolve around how how do you parent <laughs> through chaos um because you know i think to my chaos and i'm just there's i'm not a very graceful or mindful parent at the very best of times and of course i want to be and i've read so many things but i think i'm hoping that from today we can get just get a few like practical things that we can use day to day and things that we can remember and bring to mind in the kind of, you know, craziness, <laughs> explosions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. <laughs> what Marit said. <laughs> um, like, I think for me, the perfect example is those like two hours before you leave the house in the morning, oh. and I just think to that, and I'm like, I, no one who knows me would ever describe me as an angry person. I don't think I'd describe myself as an angry person. But between the hours of like (laughs) 6.30 and 8.30 while I'm trying to leave the house, (laughs) yeah, it's hard because like it's it's just – it's It's crazy. It's chaos. (laughs) It's It's straight up chaos. And I think that's like for me the worst 
period of time. I think I read a stat somewhere that said getting kids ready to leave out of and get out of the house in the morning is equivalent to like a 30-minute run for most moms. <laughs> I was like, great, well, there's my exercise quota for the day. But it's true, like it's exhausting. You're running around trying to get everything done. Um, and that's just kind of like one small example. I think our lives have become so fast-paced, mm. busy, I want to say especially if you're a working mum, but I actually think that's probably not true because I think even if you're not work, I should clarify, working a, a job outside of the house, being at, even if you're at home with your kids, even then I think there's just so much pressure to do like a hundred different things and fit mm. like you know, stimulate your kids, educate your kids, keep mm. your house clean, take care of yourself. So it's just like this never-ending list and it's very hard to tune all of that out <clears throat> and keep the focus on what actually matters, which is your kids. And I know, for example, like today's a perfect example for me. I'm at home with both of my kids on a Wednesday and I feel like the amount of time I actually spend with them, mindfully, purposefully sitting with them and actually enjoying their company and being present with them is probably less than like, less than maybe 20% of my day in the midst of all the other things that I, mm-hmm. I do. So I guess maybe the biggest question for me to start off with is how do you tune all of that noise, all of those to-do lists, all of those like this is what I have to get done yeah. out and actually be present with your kids. Mm-hmm. Nice and easy to start yeah. off with. <laughs> but, but I think before you start, Lydia, I think that's a really good thing that you just highlighted that no matter what you do or where you are, we all have chaos, but it looks different. Mm-hmm. So my chaos is different to yours, you know, to both of yours. You know, as a working mum, it looks very different to a stay-at-home mum, to a work-from-home mum. It's mm. all very different and it also depends on so many other factors. Mm-hmm. So I think we've all got the chaos. Yes. <laughs> we all have it, but it looks different for every single one of us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you both. I think, yeah, chaos is definitely unique to everybody. Uh, our, each of our definitions is very different and our scenarios are very different. But just as a start and a caveat, nothing about my parenting is graceful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to give you how to be a graceful parent or how to be, you know, um, how to not be angry because... Trust me, I've had my very angry moments, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's really tough. I'm by no means an expert in the parenting area because I'm still fairly new to it. I mean, mm. yes, I've got a three and a five year old, but it's like with each child, it starts again as yeah. if fresh because each of them is so different. Like I figured it out with our eldest, Ilaria. Um, you know, some of her quirks, some of the things that motivate her, some of the things that get her moving and enthusiastic and doing things. And and then Adam Kent comes along and he's completely different mm. and I, we've had to start fresh. Uh, so for every, not only does the chaos look different to each one of us, but also parenting looks different to each one of us, our parenting dynamics, our responsibilities, and also each of our children, mm. just to add to that complexity, right? <laughs> like, cause it wasn't hard enough as it was. So I think, uh, Firstly, understanding what chaos looks like and that chaos is actually not necessarily such a bad thing. Mm. I think we always associate chaos with um, craziness and something manic. Um, it, it can be, but also 
it is fundamental to us. It keeps things interesting. It keeps things alive. It keeps things dynamic. Mm. So how we view chaos in the first place um, is one thing. And then also that learning that we can't control the chaos. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that's, if only, if only we easy. could control it, right? <laughs> um, and that's what, you know, in you know, change theory and what I do in the change world and with organizations, it's about not managing it, not controlling it. It's about navigating it. Mm. Um, and it's same thing. I think I, you know, my kids are our biggest guinea pig for our change management strategies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew and I are both in change. We both, you know, uh, work in that space. Uh, and so we're always like, okay, what have we done at work that could work with our children? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it actually stuff works. Like mm. the th- same strategies, same theories work. Yet we just forget them when it comes to our children because yeah. there's so much more emotions attached mm. to it. And there's yeah. so much um, urgency around things. It's not like, you know, you're at work, you're kind of a bit more composed. You can think through things. Mm. Whereas at, at home, like I would never speak to a colleague like I would to my children, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, I would never say do this or get dressed or hurry up or, you yeah. know, whereas with our children, we do do that um, because we look at ourselves as the parents and they're the children and there's things that need to be done and things need to be ticked off. And I find myself even from this this morning, I was a bit a little bit tense and I snapped to the Ilaria and she just looks at me she's like, why are you angry? Like, <laughs> and it's true. It's and, and I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that when I get angry, it's not because of my child. It's because mm. of me. Yeah. And it's because of what I have been thinking about. If my morning didn't start well, I kind of, it, it escalates into the morning. Very yeah. quickly. Right? Everybody's yeah. morning. Everybody's yeah. morning. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if I don't wake up on the right side, yeah. everyone yeah. you know, ends up suffering and then it escalates. Whereas if I find that when I start my day and it's a bit more relaxed and, you know, everything just runs, if I'm relaxed, everything else runs quite smoothly mm-hmm. and it's, you know, so yes, obviously, and my husband, so it's both of us in our dynamic and that reflects back into how the day progresses, especially those first couple of hours in the morning, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, um, you know, and in terms of, Firstly, like before we get into the strategies, it's really important to know, I think, why we what it is that we want to reflect Mm. back uh, and what it is that can stop us. So what are the barriers that are stopping us from reflecting back that, you know, like you were saying, Marina, just in terms of, you know, intention Mm. or uh, thoughtful or empowerment, all of that, what stops us from doing that? Mm. Uh, And what can get me in that situation in in the first place? Mm. So is it the fact that I didn't have my morning coffee or is it the (laughs) fact that I had my morning coffee and half of it spilt on me on the way or like, and that can kind of escalate. Yeah. And, and it, it's interesting because we do tend to lose our internal peace over such small things sometimes. Yes. And then who ultimately cops it is our kids, right? Um, because they'll go... So this morning, she went to school. She was a little, little bit upset at me. I was a little bit upset, but I got over it. But I don't know how it affected her yeah. for the, that morning, right? She could have been thinking about it. could affect how she was playing. Mm. And so at the end of the day, when we picked her up and we went out for dinner tonight, and I said, I just took her aside and said, I'm really sorry about how I reacted this morning. And she's like, you don't need to apologize. I go, no, because how mommy reacted wasn't 
a reflection of you. It was mummy feeling stressed and I'm sorry that I let that out on you. Mm. Uh, and I should not do that again. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope you're okay. Were you upset? She goes, I was a little bit upset, but thank you for apologizing. So she was, and she gave me a big squeezy hug and she was, we were all fine, but I think we just tend to react Mm. Yeah. Right. And it is normal to react, but also it's how we respond to that reaction, if mm. not like a little bit after or even later, um, that we recognize that that's actually, for me, that wasn't a good way to react. Mm. And I acknowledge that and I'm sorry for that. Um, because then she would do that as well if she reacts negatively or if her brother does something or she snaps it at him. And, you know, it's kind of has that cascade effect. Yeah. So, first, understanding what makes me upset. What makes me react? What mm. what um, turns over, like you know, removes my peace? Um, trying to tackle that or remove that, and then start with the strategies. I yeah, guess. yeah. I actually read a really good verse today that I think summarizes <laughs> um, exactly, I guess, what you're talking about. Exactly that reaction, and it's from Proverbs twelve verse sixteen. It's it's a bit harsh, but it basically it spoke to me specifically about this um and it goes a fool's wrath is known at once but a prudent man covers shame and there's another translation that says a fool's wrath is is kind of like quick whereas a wise man ponders it for a bit and it's just it reminded me exactly of that because when I was kind of thinking about this episode I was thinking well I'm not very good at navigating that chaos and I tend to react um whereas my husband doesn't my husband can be fuming on the inside but all you can see is just so much love towards you know Leah and it frustrates me even more I'm like how are you not on the same page like this is infuriating and but she turns so much quicker when he acts the way he acts and he disciplines in his own time and through love he kind of comes you know slowly slowly and they have that conversation and everyone apologizes and everyone's okay but I'm just like you know I I think I set her off even more Mm -hmm. and she realizes oh like this is a fun game (laughs) like mom's getting upset over nothing let's keep going um so for me that verse really spoke to me because it's so black and white like you know Solomon was so clear a fool lets his wrath know, be known mm. straight away. Mm. Like, But if you're prudent and you're wise and you can bring to mind the intention and the purpose and what I'm entrusted with as a parent and what really my role is, if I can bring that to mind in the heat of the moment and just hold my tongue and just think about it for a little bit, mm. and I think God gives us then the grace to handle that situation much better than I would mm. in that situation you know, in the heat of the moment. And I think, you know, we have foolish moments, right? It's not that we're like that all the time. Yeah. And it's not, it's those moments of foolishness or those moments of quick anger or, you know, and it's, you know, obviously it doesn't happen too often, but I mean, wait till Ragi starts homework, then we'll have another discussion <laughs> about that. But <laughs> that has even set my husband, who's like the most peaceful person ever that I've ever met. No one's ever seen Andrew angry, except at homework time. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think you're definitely right. It's about just thinking about it and and just stopping ourselves and thinking mm. this is a 
young child or even if they're older the same concepts apply Mm. and I would guarantee you 99.9 if not 100% of the time when I have kind of calmed myself down and spoken softly either to Ilaria or Adam they it just turns them around yeah turns them around immediately and you go from like everybody Mm. goes from loud and angry to soft and gentle Mm. and productive and solution oriented right Mm. um whereas once we escalate everything escalates and it doesn't take long if either party escalates right if they get angry and then you get and i personally if i get angry in response it just goes from there whereas if they get angry and i say okay well let's just talk about it calmly they'll calm down Mm. immediately Mm -hmm. um and also, it depends, you know, I, I'm a massive advocate for love languages. So understanding each of the child and how they like to be communicated with yeah. and how they like to feel appreciated and what they uh, what they really need mm. as well. Understanding that. And each t- child is different, you know. I know Ilaria is so, you know, all about hugs and kisses and just once you give her a hug, she just melts, right? Mm. And with Adam, he's a little bit different sometimes. He doesn't really you know doesn't want you to get that close but if you get down on the ground and start playing with him with something he's you know it's all over like just distract him with something or just get him going with something else and he's you know he's he's, he'll he'll change immediately so but that takes time as well like it took us ages lots of trial and error to figure it out um so that's been quite a good strategy but also in terms of the navigating part or you know parenting through that chaos is understanding that as a mother I can never do it alone. Like, mm. not if I have, you know, if I'm, you know, blessed enough to have a partner with me, then I should not be doing it alone. Because that navigation, you know, you need someone there to help you steer. Mm. It's it's very, very difficult to try and do it all on our own because then it's become, we need to have co-ownership. And like you were saying, you mm. wanted to, you and Raggy like being on the same page about it. That's exactly right. That's what it mm. is. Like if we're both on completely different navigation systems, completely going to different destinations, yeah. we'll ne- never reach anywhere, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, and, and this is through the Instagram pages, what I really, really wanted to bring out is that we really need to do it together. It's not about just mum strategies and how to be a, you know, an awesome mum and, mm. and a, a super mum, which I hate that term because mm. I'm like, you can't be a super mum. It's too high of an expectation yeah. Yeah. on us. So we're just mums trying to get through it with the dads yeah. if we're blessed enough to have them there. And or any support network, mm-hmm. you know, if yeah, there exactly. is no dad or if the dad's, you know, really busy with things. But it's just about having a support network there, whether it's other, you know, I'm, I love that you guys have this support network with all the mums. But also recognising that within that family unit, we need to be united. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, whether it's on the same page about what that chaos looks for our family, mm. what are our strategies. And trust me, like we often get the whiteboard out <laughs> well, okay we need to tackle this big issue you know um you know recently Ilaria's homework it was driving us crazy uh and the, you know the, the the teachers were like you know she's not focusing in class properly um she's because Ilaria loves a good chat um so she just loves a good chat at school as well and she won't finish things so at home when we're trying to do little bits of homework she's just like 
and what about this? And look at this outside. Oh, what a beautiful day. And so we just like, okay, how can we strategize to get this, like navigate this part, this chaos for us? That was chaos for us because it would take us an hour and a bit just to do something that should take only 15 minutes. So sat down and we talked about it and we said, oh, okay, what sort of strategies would we use? And actually my sister helped a lot with some strategies she gave us as well. And what would we use at work? Okay, well, we would, you know, for example, use some possible, you know, what, what's the why? What's the overall why? Give some direction. What is some incentives? What are some KPIs? What are some, you know, literally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, think in that way. And how can we then translate that into for it, like, for a five-year-old? And and even though, like, it's not about, not just about the homework. It's, it's about a, the concept of her sitting down yeah, and focusing and we really want to make sure that she can do that from a young age because we believe that this is foundational mm. stuff mm. we're not talking about accelerating in maths or english mm. no it's just sitting down yeah. for like 15 yeah. minutes straight and just finishing something um which was instilled in us when we were children but like we really wanted to make sure that that was with her as well and so we put some strategies put some we got a a little board out for her with some you know like a kind of like a star chart and but with you know goals this is your goal at the end of the week if you do all of this within a certain time then Mm. you can get this and you can choose what you're and you know like after all of like after bit by bit finally she was able to do that and she finally like after I mean we were like third week in but still it's Mm. like something Mm -hmm. Um, so I think understanding what the chaos is, working together to figure out how to navigate it and then using strategies that would mov- motivate you as mm-hmm. an adult and you trying to use those on the children and speaking to them as ch- as adults, mm-hmm. like as if they were adults, not just children. Like how yeah. would I speak to my colleague? How would I speak to my friend? And then if we speak to them in that tone, they also return that as well. And that's been a huge thing for us. Like she's she often speaks like we do mm. you know so it's it's adam we're still working on <laughs> but again he's very different yeah. so you know and understanding their differences mm. is really key to mm. learning how to navigate their chaos as well mm. i just want to make a point like back to saying like you know you do it together i think like i think back to the newborn days is probably when I can see it the most clearly because it's probably when it was the most apparent thing to me. But even now, I think sometimes you just get so overwhelmed by the just how much parenting is. And say like, you know, you've been home or I've been home all day with my kids and like who I am at the beginning of the day when I have infinitely more patience (laughs) compared to like 5 p.m., is just two totally different people um and having someone that you can kind of pass the buck to so to speak for me anyway I find makes a really really big difference because sometimes I know that I'm snapping not because my kids are doing anything wrong but just because like I'm just exhausted Mm. and I'm just over it Mm. and so the little things like annoy me um and then Michael will come home and he hasn't been around them all day and so it's much easier for him to like approach that with like a clear mind I think it's Mm. like anything you know like if you're working again you're probably most maybe not everyone I'm probably talking more about myself I'm definitely more productive in the morning compared to the the evening that's just who I who I am 
Um, so I think just, and I think back to the newborn days and like settling a crying baby and Michael would often come in and say, you've had enough, mm. like you need to just. Mm. And so I think it's, that's still important even as they get older mm. to be able to have someone or, or a way of saying, okay, no, I, I know I need a break and having that insight to say, no, wait, this is not normal. This is not me. Mm. I just need to kind of step back, step back oh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I just think that's something important to. Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah, 100%. Like, we need to know where our, our where we just, our Limits. boundaries have just gone. Like, yeah. and sometimes mm. we literally, I, I just call out, I'm like, Andrew, tapping out. I'm yeah. tapping out. Yeah. I'm just like, I've had it. You take <laughs> yeah. over because I'm done. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he does the same. He's like, yes. No. And, and you can feel it in each other's tones and you have to you know reading each other and I think a really important point is that we need to empower also our husbands that they can do it obviously we're never going to do things the same Mm. but it's that that whatever it is that they are doing they're doing it really well and we don't need to intervene Mm. if it's not up to what we expect Mm. right so and a big part of that is letting them do everything that we do Mm -hmm. like nothing is out of bounds yeah. for my husband yeah. like yeah. anything Agreed. that I can do he yeah. can do and sometimes he can do better yeah because you know he has as you said like that fresh fresh mm-hmm. mind he can come in and just get it done and and not being for us as mothers not being too I guess I don't know what the word would be but I guess not too arrogant to think mm. that we should mm. be just doing this and we're the best at doing this. And only yeah. we, like I mm. hear lots of mothers saying, oh, I can't trust him with putting them to bed or I can't trust. Mm. The, and that's a reflection on you as a mother, because mm. it means that you're not trusting your husband to take off the load from you and to, to be equal mm. parents. Mm. And what is, what is that effect that's, go, that's going to have on your children? Mm. It yeah. means that they're going to see you as different to dad. You, they're constantly going to see dad as incapable. They're constantly going to have, you know, only trust you with certain things instead of him or vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. why not make sure that, you know, everything that we do, we do, you know, we have the same chores mm. or, you know, like swap chores. Like yeah. my, my kids don't actually know who is in charge of bath time or who is yeah. in charge yeah. of dinner yeah, time yeah. or who is in charge of Bible or who is in charge of, you know, they know that he's in charge of doing the lawnmower. That's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the barbecue. Yeah. Sorry. There's two stereotypical things that my husband does. But other than that, daddy cooks actually daddy cooks more you know yeah. or you know or mommy always does some you know uh, they can't they can't they can't tell you th- this always this yes. or this always this yeah. like they can't because we're like well what's the point yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to pigeonhole myself that only i can do it because tonight i left halfway through bedtime yeah so what now well, then what then i'm they gonna go, go to, to bed <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it's so true and I think you're right I don't think it's just even us that do it like I think society in general just paints dads as incapable like I think the typical thing that comes to mind is like you see a dad with his kids at the shops and everyone's like oh like are you okay so can I help you so sweet do you need a hand yeah how helpful oh, how, is oh, he oh, how so kind good. yeah every time yes but you see a mum at the shops and you don't even like blink twice like you you're just like yeah that's just normal and it's ridiculous because I think that to deprive or to like to to say that dads can't contribute as much or to play that down first of all does nothing to change like 
the stereotypes that have been and that have been established from like God knows how many years ago. But it doesn't empower men to actually do to do what they can do. And I agree, Lydia. I know there's so many things that Michael does ten times better than I do. One hundred percent. Like I wouldn't even <laughs> flinch for a second to say no. He's much more effective at doing that compared to me. Um, and I also think it's important for like our kids to see that because then they have two people that they can trust, two people mm. that they can turn to. And if there's something that like my, like Abby, for example, feels like she can't trust me with then, or she feels like, she, you know, she's upset with me. She has somewhere to turn that is safe and that is within mm. the home. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that's a really big thing for me as well, like seeing and hearing people, mm. even like kids' TV shows and kids, mm, like, that's right. They're, they're, they are so condescending towards yeah, the fathers yes. and you're just like, that's what so is going right. on? Yeah, <laughs> Why is this a thing? Yeah. But, mm. you know. I think it comes, I, I was reading a book, um, I was telling you earlier, Marina, Grace-Based Parenting, mm. and he was saying a lot of what we, all of our anger and our frustrations are actually like selfishly we want everybody to be exactly the same as us, mm. including our kids, including our partners. So we get angry and snappy because they don't think the way we do. Mm. When my kid says she wants, I don't know, to get her ears pierced, I'm like, but that's not what I want for you. Yeah. And then I shut down her individuality yeah. and we do that with our partners. Mm. And I think that fear of not entrusting anyone to them I think can one is quite selfish, but also an arrogant, like we said, but also I think it comes from a really deep seated root of like fear. Mm. We're fearful because we've been entrusted with this child mm. and this child has to be raised <clears throat> like X, Y, Z. They have to do this. They have to be spiritual. They have to be well-rounded. They have to be geniuses. They have to be in spelling bees. They have whatever. And they have to be super healthy and super fit and athletes and whatever it is that we set. And we think they need to meet these expectations that we've set based on our selfish desires Mm -hmm. or our kind of our aspirations, I guess, for our kids, even though we're not really taking into consideration their individuality. Mm -hmm. So I think that fear knowing that you're entrusted with this child and you want to do the absolute best by them and you want them to be perfect in every single way that we start to shut off other people from Mm. tainting, and I put that in air quotes, Mm. tainting that parenting. But what we're doing is we're not realizing that our partners, their fathers, are also entrusted with that same responsibility to raise them up Mm. to be godlike to be you know god children to be you know perfect in his sight to know him that's our aim and they've got the same part as we do we're Mm. parents together um and if you know you're in a partnership with kids that's that's a joint responsibility so not only am i like kind of forcing my own selfish desires and I'm letting my fear take over everything that I do I'm also like taking away that blessing I guess from my partner from Mm. their dad Mm. I'm taking away that opportunity to also join in this you know struggle of parenting in this I guess you know we're blessed 
with the grace to parent and we're sometimes more than others it's always there but we're, we're depriving them of that and that we're not letting them partake in that parenting you know thing that we've been put in together you know and I obviously I speak for people who are blessed to be in partnerships for that um but in saying that we all like you said we all we need a time to tap out and if you've got a support person that's available there's no there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting them involved in the parenting process mm. if you don't have a partner because i don't i don't know how you would do it alone like i'm sure you know i always say those people doing it alone are my heroes because mm. I, they're the ones that are stronger than anyone else i know mm. but reach out find the support find the people to help you and we can't let fear kind of overtake us and fear govern exactly what we're doing in parenting Mm. because that's i think that's what it comes down to in the end like yeah 100 percent. yeah we're scared that if they're not geniuses Mm. you know i'm a terrible mom i've failed in life Mm. yeah and you're so right like how often do we stop to really think what they want and you're right and you're right Lydia that ties back into what you were saying before like you wouldn't treat anybody else that way you would never Mm. not generally speaking not consider what the person in front of you wants and just think about what you want for them Mm. but you're right with our kids we just go nah what I want is more important for me it's more important to get to work on time Mm. than to stop and see what you actually need and sometimes it's something so little like maybe they're still hungry they haven't had enough breakfast Mm. or maybe they just want to spend some time with you they want to see you and we don't think of that we're just so obsessed with what it is that we need rather than seeing what they want what they want I think also involving them in that process is really good. Like in the morning process, um, instead of fighting, involving them, that's been a really good strategy um, for us in terms of, you know, accelerating that process and making it a bit more enjoyable for everybody and, Mm. um, you know, sit on the kitchen bench next to me and let's put together your lunchbox. So Mm. what do you want for this? Or Mm. how about that? You know, and just chatting about, about that or, you know, okay, here's your cereal. Here's where you get it from. This is no matter how young they are, you can mm. still, you know, Adam, open up the fridge for me. Like I mm. just like tiny little things that is mm. much faster for me to do by myself, but just also involves them instead of it being a fight or them watching. I mean, we do do a little bit of TV in the morning mm. just for our sanity um, so that we can get things underway. But also just wrapping that up and be like, all right, come help me with this or just, you know, mm. grab your bag. And they love that sense of responsibility. Mm. They love getting involved and they love like, you know, Adam, you know, with, with Andrew go and water the garden. And, and he's like, loves it, puts on his gumboots and runs out. And, and it gives them a sense that we are treating them the same, like, you know, and giving them those responsibilities, empowering them, giving them ownership over mm. how they how we do things rather mm. than just dictating. Mm. Um, sometimes it's faster to dictate <laughs> um, and it needs a little bit of less of a thought process. But uh, but and, and it's like we do it. But as long as there's I think we know when to pull back and, mm. to, you know, like that pull and push when mm. if it's always push, 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 we all get exhausted and they get frustrated and, yeah. and they lash out in their own specific yeah. ways. But sometimes if we push, we realize we've pushed now, how do I pull back mm. and how do I get them involved in that? How do I get their buy in mm. through a way that, that would motivate them? Mm. Right. Yeah. It's that pull method. It's it, then that push constant. Yeah. method. You know, yeah. you actually like, um, 
I never thought of it that way, but that's perfectly, that happened to me like two days ago. Emily wasn't well and really whingy and just unhappy because she was sick. And Abby was really feeding off her energy. And as soon as I turned around to Abby and said, listen, Emily's not well. I really need you to help me make her feel better. Um, Oh my goodness. It was like I had a different kid. You know, she was like looking out to see what she wanted, what she needed, like really put her everything into making sure her sister was okay. I didn't even like, you know, I didn't really realize what I was doing at the time, but that's, you're right. She probably just felt like, yeah, okay, well, I have something I have to do now. I have a purpose. And so she's no longer like just feeding off the yeah. that energy it was amazing like how quickly she turned around actually on that in that book i'm gonna i've written written it down because i mm. butcher way too many quotes <laughs> on this thing um in that book grace-based parenting um he basically mentioned that kids have three driving needs security significance and strength um, and he, I'm quoting him now. So he says, we do this with three things, love, purpose, and hope. If we've done our job adequately, our children should leave our homes with love that is secure, a purpose that is significant, and hope that is strong. So I think, and he says, he basically talks about how we can obviously parent with grace, basically parent like Christ parents us. Mm. Um, And he says, grace is not so much what we do as parents, but how we do what we do. It's the way God parents us. So that constant forgiveness, that constant slow to anger, Mm. (laughs) uh, all that stuff that we're talking about, that's parenting with grace. Um, But exactly, like they want purpose. They Mm. need purpose. We're going to let them go out in the world and we want them to be filled with that love, that purpose, you know, they go out looking for something, wanting to do something, have a desire to be someone in this world, to be the individual that God created them to be. And our role is to nurture that and to nurture that, you know, give them that strength and that love that just allows them to flourish as young adults and adults Mm -hmm. later on. So, yeah, I think giving them purpose even the slightest thing when they're young, Mm. I think builds that up slowly, you know, and as they grow older, that doesn't get lost, especially if we're constantly practicing that. And they'll learn to find their own purpose eventually. So now, and I think, you know, lots of people are like, why you're so strict on them or so harsh on them or why are you so like consistent with constantly repeating the same messages they're just kids well no actually this is foundational like mm-hmm. the first five to seven years are truly foundational in terms of their value base yeah. in terms of their uh like you were saying you know their confidence their security mm-hmm. their love their feeling of belonging and it goes back to maslow's hierarchy of needs which i think what you were quoting was very similar to, you know, we start with basic physiology and security and making sure that we have our basic needs and then move up to a level of belonging, like Mm. that belonging, knowing that I belong, knowing that I'm loved unconditionally. Mm. And Maslow says that unconditional love, Mm. right? Once I know that I can get that, then I can move up that hierarchy Mm. and go towards things like, you know, Mm self-confidence and then go things towards things like, you know, self-esteem and, and, you know, doing things with purpose, Mm. going beyond myself and helping others. So it's not just about me, me, me. Because I know I'm already secure and I already have that love unconditionally. And knowing that I can get that in Christ no matter who's around. Because even I tell them, you know, 
Jesus loves you even more than I do, mm. you know, um, and I'll get angry, but Jesus will never like mm. he is always loving. you. He's always there for you. Even if I'm busy, he's always mm. there for you to speak to, you You know, you speak to him whenever you like. And, you know, sometimes it's hard. F- that is a hard concept for them to grasp. But knowing that they can get that from uh, from Christ, even helps them not to rely on us so much as well like you know or anyone around them Mm. but again it goes back and then what's their love languages if they're constantly relying on words of affirmation Mm. then that is something that they need right whereas you know so sometimes it could be a little bit of external things that they need whereas some some don't need Mm. that Mm. and therefore that that validation is a bit more intrinsic and so they but they need other things so Mm. it's understanding that gauging that and being able to cater that but also instilling in them these values Mm. Um, that they can, you know, no matter where they go, they can navigate that chaos themselves. Mm. It's built, helping them build those tools, but also letting them test the tools that mm. work yeah. best for them, right? Because some will have certain tools that will work for them well, like yeah. their language skills might be great they might be able to speak eloquently defend themselves know how to defend their faith know how to you know speak up when things are wrong others might do it through actions Mm. so what is it that their tools but we can only do that by nurturing and giving them as much as we can when they're so young instead of waiting till they're teenagers and thinking oh why are they giving me such a hard time Mm. why have they gone to this thing that i told them not to go to and why like doing all the things i guess you know we rebelled when we were teenagers and probably Mm. did, but, you know, instilling in them those values so that they still have that life conscience that most of us did, you know, that, yeah, yeah, I rebelled a bit, but I know where my limits are. I know Mm. that God is always there. And I know that that is where my conscience lies. Mm. And I know right from wrong, right? There's that, there's no gray area. So giving them those tools to navigate their own chaos is really important as well as they grow up and, and letting them think about it. Right, because mm. sometimes, and I find myself doing this. Well, this is what you should have done, and this is what you should have said, and this mm. is how you should have thought, and la la la. And I'm like, I'm actually what I'm doing is I'm dictating what she should be mm. doing, which is not a learning thing. Like yeah. she will not learn out of that. Yeah. She will yeah. try and remember it, but she won't know how to apply it practically in different scenarios. Yeah. So how can I turn? I always try and think to myself, how can I turn this conversation around so it's not me telling her what to do? It's me. You know, like what I do with work is facilitating. Like, how yeah. do I facilitate this? Just give her the tools and capabilities so that she can navigate it herself. Yeah. And then giving her different scenarios. Well, okay, well, you know that this is kind of how we think. What would you, how would you react to that? Mm. Or what would you do in that scenario? Yeah. Or, you know, you, she'd come home, she's like, I need to tell you something. Yes, tell me. Mm. And I, this and this happened and this girl said this and this is how I reacted. And da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, so what would you do next time? Or, you know. And sometimes I say, okay, well, how about try this? And we discuss that for a while. So it's okay to give advice because that's what we're there for. Mm, they yeah. need it. But also letting them navigate it as well. Yeah. And, and I think try. being that image of Christ, because really, like you said, they've got no reference. They don't know mm. I can talk about Christ from now till, you know, 17 years from now when she can read the Bible properly herself. But, like, if I'm not being an image of Christ, they that's the image that they're going to think that he is. Mm. If I'm constantly yelling every time they do something, <laughs> if I get angry every time she makes me upset, she, you know, Leah started asking me, I get upset and she'll come around the corner and be like, are you happy, mom? Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and like, sometimes I'll be like, no, I'm not happy. Yeah. And then she picks up on that stuff and she mm. knows when I'm upset and she knows when I've gotten angry. And I'm like, if a three-year-old can pick up on that, like what kind of 
image of Christ am I portraying? Yeah. And then, you know, it only dawned on me when we were praying once and she's like, I'm like, okay, say goodnight to Jesus and we're about to go off. Um, and she's like, no, I think he's sad. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like this, she got this from me. This is my fault. And I, I guess if they don't see us, you know, parenting, I guess, the way God parents us or giving them that love regardless of what they've done and ensuring that they know that there is nothing that they can do to make us love them less, that's that's the I think that's the key because then in the end like I was never brave enough to rebel because I would tell my dad before I did anything because I knew like you know I never wanted to upset my dad and I he was that image of Christ for me and so for me even the thought of like doing something bad I I couldn't bring I couldn't even bring myself you know, not that I had bad friends. Like Marina was my friend. Like I couldn't even if I tried. <laughs> Nobody would friends. do it with me. <laughs> but like that image of Christ in my life was enough to get me to know Christ and to know and trust that there's nothing I can do to upset him. And I can confess anything. And there is no sin that will separate me from him. And if I am that image for my kid, how am I – what am I sending off? Mm-hmm. What are they getting? Am I – you know, the reward-based parents that God only loves you if you do X, Y, Z, if I, if I pray, if I confess, if I have communion. But outside I can be a garbage person. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what I'm demonstrating? Is that what I'm showing them is okay? I can tell them to do all the right things in the world, but then if I'm not kind to my neighbor, if I'm not kind to the poor, if I'm not giving, if I'm constantly angry and, you know, complaining about everything, then I am sending the exact opposite of what I need to send, the message, sorry, that I need to send to my kids. Mm. I am not being a portrayal of Christ. Mm. And that's the kind of Christ they'll know, that Mm. it's okay to go to church every Sunday and to do give your tithes and to read the Bible. And it's equally okay to be a completely different person outside Mm. of church. So I need to Yes, we do all this for our kids so that they can help navigate their own chaos in their lives. But I think that the change starts with me. Like I really need to look myself in the mirror and think, what kind of mum am I? Like am I a close portrayal of Christ? Am I even like slightly there or have I missed the mark completely? And it's never too late to change. Um, And I was actually listening to something She's an author and I can't remember her name. This is terrible. This is why I write things down. <laughs> she was saying how she was a really angry mum and it took her years and years to kind of get out of that anger. And she finally like, you know, um, was free of that anger and she, and she kind of sought forgiveness from Christ and she also sought forgiveness from her kids and her husband and she started fresh and anger doesn't have a hold on her anymore. So it was never too late. Some of her kids were grown, but mm-hmm. she turned around and she forgave herself and f- asked them for forgiveness. And now she's a completely different mum, and she kind of knows how to navigate the chaos a bit better. Um, so it's never too late, but I just need to start, you know, I need to make the change. And I think also having it, it if we are so far away from that, it makes the godly image so unrealistic Mm. because it's like they'll grow up thinking well god is this amazing huge thing and it's unrelatable it's just a you know 
fictitious character or something that is just so well and truly beyond what I've ever lived through. So why mm. bother? Exactly. And if I've never seen any characteristics of that in my life, then what, like, it's just an ideal, mm. right? So making it tangible and realistic in my actions and showing them that, you know, God you know, when Christ came, he used to be in pain. He used to be tempted. Mm. He used to be all these things that we are. And he used to, you know, uh, people used to do all sorts of wrong things and he used to forgive and all of these things. And, and m- doing those simple things and talking them through it makes it more relatable mm. and more and 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 more realistic for them that they can do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And highlighting when they do do the right thing i think we're so great at highlighting when yeah. they do the wrong thing right. yeah. um that we forget to highlight when they do the right thing and also highlighting it in front of people like mm. i think in our culture unfortunately there's this whole thing that you know don't talk so well about your kid because they'll get jinxed yeah, I still or don't know why. i don't yeah you know it does <laughs> it bothers me yeah <laughs> exactly it's, it's very you know it's actually you know not even orthodox so but we have brought it into our culture or or like don't talk about them like that because they'll get a big head what does that even mean especially for a kid especially for a kid (laughs) exactly like we and and about saying like making sure that it's not about how much i love you it's not that there's none of that Mm. if you do this then i love you this much and it's through our language saying things like oh just because you know just when they do something only then saying that you're proud of them makes it conditional yeah. whereas if I, you say even if whatever they do or even if they don't do anything at all just they're sitting there like just yeah. squeeze their face kiss them and say i'm so proud of you all the time mm. i love you all the time even when they do the wrong thing because they will mm. do that th- and, mm-hmm. and trust me even if we didn't rebel our kids are likely to rebel yeah. so knowing that they can even if they do the wrong thing that they can come back apologize recognize their mistakes and and confess and that we will forgive them christ will forgive them knowing that all the time like it's okay to do the sometimes i even you know we say mommy and daddy we sometimes do the wrong thing yeah (laughs) like that we make mistakes yeah yeah, we make mistakes and we apologize for them so then they see that Mm. that we we will not be like being realistic we're not going to be christ-like all the time Mm. And and we aim and we try and we fall and we get angry and we exactly. get upset and we, yeah. you know, do things the wrong way all the time and think about it at night, think shouldn't have done that. But then waking up in the morning and actually facing them and yeah. saying, I'm sorry, I'm the sorry. way I reacted was not cool. Like yeah. that was yeah. not the way I should react. Next time, how about we talk about it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've had to sit down before homework starts and I'm like... Alaria, I'm trying my hardest not to get angry today. (laughs) She goes, really? You promise? And she makes me shake her hand to make a deal. And then I'm like, yeah, so you're holding me accountable. Like, I'll just sit there. And at the Mm. end, she's like, mommy, you didn't get angry all the time. (laughs) But it's so true that, like, I think we're very quick to call out their bad behavior and not as good at calling out their good behavior I guess um and I think that's something that I've definitely become more mindful of because something Michael always says which is I know like I think lots of people would agree is that your kids become what you tell them they are yeah and so if you're constantly saying to them oh you're doing the wrong thing you're doing the wrong thing you're naughty Mm -hmm. or you're stubborn or whatever that's they internalize that and that's what they become but if you're focusing on the good things like you know oh i saw how you helped your sister with that that was so kind you were such a kind person or i saw how you you know went and gave your friend a cuddle like that's Mm. very caring it's nice that you see when your friends are sad and you help them then they just 
think that's who they are. And actually recently Michael and I saw this um, thing on Netflix. Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was um, Serena, one of Serena Williams' coach, tennis coaches. Oh, Did you uh, see this? Do you remember what oh it's called? Oh, my gosh. No, I can't remember. Oh, uh, I can't, well, I'm sure it'll come afterwards. Yeah. But basically he was saying that she was, she's really bad at the net. Like if anyone knows tennis, like she's really bad at volleying and she loses like the majority of her points. And he actually turned around and said to her, not that I'm advocating what he did, but he turned around <laughs> and said to her, you're so good. When you get to the net, you're winning about 80% of your points. Like you're really strong at the net. And that totally changed her mindset and completely like improved her because she started getting there more and, you know, trying harder when she was at the net and like taking risks and things mm, that she wouldn't really cool. do and mm. actually saw like a noticeable difference in the percent number of percentage mm. points. And I think it's the same with our kids. Like if you tell someone they're good at something, they're going to keep doing that. They're going to internalize that and eventually become that. Mm. Um, and I think even with ourselves, like we often look at ourselves and say, like, I know I look at myself and say, oh, like I'm just, I'm failing at parenting and like, I know I have many flaws, but I, how, very rarely do I look and say like actually well I did this well and I think mm. it's it's not a it's not lack of humility to look and say actually no I'm not doing so bad in this particular area yeah. like and thanking God for the grace that he's given you to be able to yeah. get to that point because if we are constantly telling ourselves how bad we are I think we start to believe that and then we perpetuate that mm. um, image of ourselves even more so yeah. Yeah, which is hard. It's very hard to do. It's very easy to see the negative. The negative, for sure. Mm. And it's hard because I can't remember where I read it now, but somebody, I don't even remember who, but um, they were saying like I, they try to see themselves with the eyes of Christ. Mm. And so how does Christ see me in this very moment? And I think at every moment you can say he loves me because, you know, I'm the best Moret that he has ever made like you know like <laughs> not that all Moretz but I'm just saying this particular Moret yeah <laughs> um and I think in that moment if I'm proud of something that's because like you said God's gave given that me that grace he's mm. given me that gift he's given me that other way or that way to glorify him through whatever it is that I should be proud mm. of so yeah it's not lack of humility but I think our image of humility has been so tainted mm. because you know don't say anything good because you'll jinx mm. the kid or like don't yeah, and yeah. that's just the kind of thing that we've we've learned and we've unfortunately let sit in our hearts mm. and that's what sorry that's what comes out mm. Mm. and i think when we do it together then it's it's not about me anymore mm. right yes. like if we do it together not just myself me my husband mm. as well as the kids together yes. like we're collaborating we're figuring out solutions together then it's not about a humility it's about you know we did this together we collaborated it was a strategy we tested it we tried it it worked sometimes you know or it failed and you know we keep iterating like that is literally parenting through chaos Mm. it is iteration until something works you know Mm. like it's trying and testing but doing it collaboratively and figuring out well you know if i've tried this and it hasn't worked why am i keeping on doing it yeah right if yelling is not working for me then why do i keep doing it like just thinking of it logically (laughs) great question (laughs) 
<laughs> and, yeah. and I know it's because there's emotion attached to it and it's in our instinct and our reactions. And, you know, I'm totally 100% guilty of it most of the time. But when it's the rare times that I just stop and think and like, okay, this hasn't worked before. Look who I'm talking to. That strategy has not worked with him before. Let's try his, like, what works for him. Mm. And just thinking about it for just those couple of seconds makes such a world of difference mm. for them, for your day, for your peace, mm. for just, you know, dinner time for us sometimes can be a real struggle every night bedtime like it's just (laughs) every time like right it's the two hours in the morning and the two hours in the afternoon Mm. those are like the actual only hours that you have then they're not with you (laughs) (laughs) during the day it's fantastic (laughs) but it's not just me yeah i know um so lydia like you know you keep saying like working out what works for your kids how do you do that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like- yeah. Um, I think figuring them out, really observing them and and seeing what makes them tick, what makes them happy, what makes them snap out of anger, what makes them uh, motivated. And trying, I mean, the five love languages is great. It's mm. worked for us seamlessly. Mm. Um, but figuring it out with each child is mm. um, probably the harder part, but also like it's a bit more of a proactive approach for a very good long-term, uh, yeah. you know, gain. Um, also, the co- co- in, in change we call it co-design. And it's exactly the same as in this. Like, you co-design a strategy together. So sit down with them and say, okay, this is a problem. This is our problem mm. statement. Mm. Uh, how can we – what are your ideas for it? Like, how? what can we do? What do you think? Okay, this is – you know, we've tried this. This hasn't worked. How about this? Or they've tried this. This hasn't worked. What about this? And even if they're really little and they don't understand, just, just recognizing that they're a part of it. Like, it's mm. not you – working in a silo and you know just thinking about how you can solve all of the problems yourself because mm. that's a lot of pressure for us mm. as mothers it's more okay sitting with my partner and discussing it and well what are our strategies and then if the child is old enough okay what do you think you know this is our mm. idea what do you think mm. of it and if they think yep yeah, like you're getting their buy-in get their mm. buy-in for things and mm. then together you can navigate it and admit that it's difficult or admit mm. that it's you know like for us to admit things like that is a huge load off us and it also gives them that that um realization that we're not these unattainable like always perfect parents that always get it right no mm. we are learning together and like we always tell them Mummy and daddy, we're always learning. We're still learning things. Like there's still things, so many things that we have, haven't figured out. And even though that seems like, a, like obviously we haven't learned anything, but to her or to him, mm. they think we know everything. Yes. Yeah. Right. So making them realize, no, we don't. We make mistakes. It's mm. okay. Like, mm. and then our reactions to those mistakes, mm. those anger moments, those like, I get angry a lot, but what about afterwards? Like mm. sometimes we just leave it there and then, you know, a couple like a day later or even that night, they forget, you forget. But it hasn't there's no closure yeah. to it. Like there's no recognition that that was not really good. And mm. if you we leave it all the time without that recognition that that was not a good reaction, that will become their normal reaction. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. They'll become, they'll realize that that is okay. Yeah. Mommy and daddy do it all the yeah. time. So that's okay for me that's to right. do it. And yeah. you realize that when we were angry, I mean, our peak anger was start of COVID. And when we were doing homeschooling and working, mm. both of us working full time in the house with her, like, that was our peak anger moment. Yeah. And from then, we noticed her getting angry really quickly and mm-hmm. shouting at her brother, you know, at us, just getting frustrated really quickly. So we realized it's not her, it's us. Yeah. It's a reflection of us and how we've been doing things. Mm. And so we had to, like, really pull it back. It's that push and pull. We're like, all right, what are we doing wrong here? Mm-hmm. And then having that reflection iteration and okay what's a new strategy yeah so i don't know if that really answers the the, the strategy question but it's i can't say everything works the same for everybody because every family is different every child is different every situation every chaos is different yeah so but it's about collaborating it's about understanding what makes me angry it's about understanding my child it's about doing reiterating together Mm -hmm. testing and then and then applying testing Mm. and applying if something hasn't worked go to another strategy Mm. like just think might like really be intentional but intentional about the strategies we use and it's okay for our children to be treated slightly differently in certain things i think our parents had this mentality that every single (laughs) one of you had to be exactly the same right yeah which if my parents had the same love language as me works brilliantly yes but Mm. if it didn't then it backfires so and not just that, whether, you know, I'm an extrovert or they're an introvert and how that, like, mm-hmm. understand them and really get to know them. And uh, things need to be the same in terms of rules in the house, mm-hmm. yes, or, you know, like, general things like rewards. But even the rewards, she wants different rewards to him, mm-hmm. yeah. but they both get rewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, she likes a different show to him. So, you know, sometimes we they just have to, you know, agree to watch different shows mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But understand them and tailor the approach Mm. to them because there's no one size fits all for Mm. parenting that's Mm. for sure yeah and i think that's something like that's a huge thing and i think really important to get across to everyone and it's it's something i say to all my patients is like there is no right way to parent there's just what's right for you and your family Mm. in that moment in that season that's it but there's no there's no right because that's something i get asked a lot like oh is it wrong if i do blah 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 or i know it's wrong but so-and-so works for me and I'm like but that's that's a completely false notion because what's right for you is not what's right for me and what's right for me is definitely not what's right for you it's Mm. just what's right for you and your family in that moment Mm. um and I think part of our issue is that we look at other people and what they're doing and we're like Mm. oh look how well behaved their kids are like I'm gonna try that and then when it doesn't work you feel like you've failed and that's from like day dot like from like Mm. sleeping for example you know Um, do I let them cry? Do I not? Am I cruel if Mm. I do? Am I being too soft if I don't? Like, and, and it really comes back to, like you said, there is no such thing as one size fits all because we are all individual humans. Our kids are all individual humans and it's just, Mm. yeah, what feels, what, what's right for you and your family. And, and like you're saying, Lydia, even more so what's right for your child and not children because your two mm. children will be like mm. mine are this mine are totally different mm. same as yours nowhere near like there i feel like there's nothing identical between them mm. <laughs> um yeah 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 and it comes you know it comes down to you know christ embraces us with our individuality mm-hmm. and he loves us and nurtures us 
regardless of our quirks. Some of us are just weird and he loves us the same and he parents each of us differently. Like, yeah. But the love is what's the constant. Yeah. I think that's, you know, if I'm doing the very best I can with the very little I have, the little support, the little resources, but I love, I, like, I don't think there's anything more anyone can ask mm. of you. Um, and yet we just have to embrace our own individuality in the eyes of Christ and also embrace our kids' individuality in our eyes so that they can then see that when they're older, you know, and they're not so messed up like me. <laughs> it's just so that we can, you know, break the chain. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, there's just a verse um, I wanted to share just to kind of, kind of wrap it up, I guess, um, and we spoke about, I guess it, ultimately it comes down to love and how much l- love I have for myself and my children and then translating that into everything that we spoke about. Um, and I guess it comes, you know, if I love, then I can have that grace that we were talking about and have that grace on myself in parenting so that I realize that I'm not alone and that, you know, I've got my shortcomings and I live in a fallen world and I'm going to make mistakes and also translate that love into grace on my kids so that they can grow up kind mm-hmm. of with the same values and the same spiritual or I guess the same yearning for the love of Christ and the grace of Christ that he gives us. Um, and it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Uh, so the verse is, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. And there's another translation that swaps abound for excel. Um, And a few of the words that they mention there are a bit different. But if we strive to excel in every single thing that we set out to do, I strive to excel at my job. I want to be the best. I strive to excel at, you know, church. I want to be not a great servant that's so such an oxymoron but like <laughs> you know I want to be good at my service I want to serve the kids wholeheartedly or I want to excel whatever as a friend as a daughter as a sister as a mum I need to also strive to excel in grace and essentially to excel in love and I think that's really I think it's a really nice kind of mm-hmm. you know St. Paul puts it beautifully if we try to excel in everything we need to also make room to excel in the things that are important important like we've been entrusted with these kids we're parents we're entrusted to show them the face of christ somehow so that they can develop their own kind of values and their own relationship with god and know him we are that that avenue for them Mm. and if i want to excel in parenting you know, I do, I need to excel in giving them that grace so that they then can find Christ and find the grace of God. Mm. So I think it's a very nice verse. It really spoke to me today. But I think we need to actually put in the work. Um, And I like how you said, Lydia, like you guys bring the whiteboards out. Like that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it just shows that, you know, these kids, they're significant. They've got they're in a home of love mm-hmm. and they can learn to love that way and to learn, I guess, the love of Christ through that. Um, so, yeah, we just have to be purposeful 
in our parenting mm. buzzword, sorry, <laughs> but it's it's about just putting in that effort, trying to excel, even though I know I'm never going to be good enough for anything because I I'm you know it's it I'm in a fallen state. I'm not perfect. I know that, and I'm going to have my moments. I'm going to be foolish at times. I still need to strive. I still need to not lose hope and not kind of be in despair. But also offering that to God, like to exactly, Christ yeah. and letting him use that and transform that and like ultimately entrusting him with your kids because he's the one that will yeah. raise them, so to speak, yeah. ultimately with his love and his care. Mm. Um. All right, and I think that's it for today. Thank you so much, Lydia. Yes, this thank was you. Awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for <laughs> we selfishly me. set this one up because yeah, it's what we needed, <laughs> we needed to learn. <laughs> so thank yeah. you. Um, so just a few resources for you guys. Uh, I guess books that you can read. Um, there's obviously I know a lot of people would already know Parenting Towards the Kingdom by Philip Mamalakis. Um, incredible book. I I only have good things to say about it. Um, sometimes it's really hard to kind of put to practice a lot of the strategies and a lot of the techniques that he uses in his parenting. But again, like Lydia said earlier, it's about thinking long term and it's about the constant repetition of them. And I think that's a really great book to start. Um, and don't be so disheartened if you feel like you don't uh, do anything that he does. It's always a good place to start. Um and Grace-Based Parenting, which is what I mentioned before, that's by Dr. Tim Kimmel, and it's a really, really good book. Um, and it basically is really short, so you can actually finish it in no time at all, and I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, and another one uh, from Marina, I guess, um, called 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family by Paul David Tripp. Um, so that's a really good one as well. Mm, What's that uh, one? Um, so it's basically he goes through and looks at like 14 th- things that Jesus does in nice. his like um, service, in his yeah. ministry, and then how we can apply that towards our parenting. So also oh, really awesome. good. Yeah, and yeah. A very digestible. Like it's not one of those books where you have to – like you can, read sp- you can read it sporadically oh, nice. and still know what's going on. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's mm. a good one. Um, and I guess uh, if you guys have any resources or anything that you've read that you think might be helpful um, or just a good read, um, feel free to reach out and we can share it. Um, and as always, you can catch us or, you know, get to us on Instagram, the underscore mommy underscore village uh, or Facebook, just mommy. Um, or if you are closer to the Upper Room Media team, feel free mm-hmm. to, you know, talk to them and they'll get, get you in touch with us, whatever works. Um, but yeah, like we said earlier, thank you so much, Lydia. This mm. has been a, a gem, really mm. helpful for us. Yeah, very much needed. Thank <laughs> you guys for having me. And I'm, I, I know, you know, I couldn't give exact ex- like strategies um, in terms of you know do this and one, two, three, four, five. But um, as I said, it's chaotic, and everyone's chaos is different. It's about mm. understanding our own chaos, navigating it with those who are around us to support us, uh, figuring out what the barriers inhibiting us Mm. are from, you know, being as graceful or Christ-like and also then testing, iterating and trying new things Mm. as well. And most importantly, just praying about it. Every strategy that we try, we pray about it first. We try and, and say, God, this is what we can do. Uh, now the rest is up to you if mm. you want this to work with our children or if it 
helps them uh, and with the ultimate vision of them having that value and that Christ-like navigation system Mm. for the chaos. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, And that's it. So I guess we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you.